Good morning, everybody. This is Dr. Ryan Berlin and Ashley Berlin. You're listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station. This is the show about maximizing your health without drugs and surgery. Today, we're talking about the number one disease killer in the United States, which is heart disease. Heart disease. Half of all adults listening right now, half of you guys. Statistically speaking, according to the CDC, have high blood pressure, high cholesterol, the two number one and number two risk factors for developing heart disease. Every single year, according to the CDC, approximately 900,000 people die from heart disease. It's a lot of people. And I know I know I can think of family members. I mean, you know, my mom has heart disease and um, and uh, she's her father died of heart her disease. father died of heart disease. Um, I think all of us probably can think through either family members or friends um, that have had that that battle heart disease. Yep. Yeah. Uh, statistically speaking, half of all adults have it. You and I are in this room together. One of us. Nope. Should have it. Neither Not of us do. <laughs> Not in this body. And that's Not what we're going to try to teach you guys today: is <clears throat> heart disease, diabetes, and. Uh, and cancer are literally um, referred to very frequently, and, and and I don't mean this to be offensive, but they're they're literally referred to as the diseases for dummies, yeah, because they're largely preventable. Um, and I and, and that sounds hard to believe that are you know when I say cancer is preventable, people are like, what do you mean cancer is preventable? Because a lot of it's lifestyle choices, and like we think of cancer as being such a big evil, but heart disease actually kills more people annually than cancer. Yes. And so, and, and heart disease is very, very preventable. I know you've been told it's your genetics and all this, but that's not true. You've been lied to. It's not your genetics. That when they, when they finished the genome project, <clears throat> what they were hoping to find out was, all right, we're going to find out that this gene causes this problem and this gene, this problem. And then we'll be able to like, you know, isolate it down to who's going to develop what. And what they really realized was when they were done with the gene, the human genome project that that not any one gene influences any one problem, that instead it's actually multiple genes, sometimes hundreds that influence different problems in different ways and they're all influencing each other. And that those genes are actually, instead of like um, just a blueprint, they're more like a switch and not a switch like on and off. They're not an on and off switch. They're more like a dimmer switch. And so it's like, is that gene dialed up or dialed down? Your disease preventing genes, are they working well or are they not? Are they being suppressed? Your disease promoting genes, the ones that maybe you got, you know, the BRAC gene from your mother who had breast cancer. Um, You have the gene. That doesn't mean you should go get a double mastectomy. It means you need to make sure that that gene is dialed down yes. and turned down. Yes. Um, that we don't we don't just go cutting off body parts. You know, if you found out that you have a propensity and a gene for skin cancer, what are you going to go have all your skin removed? Absolutely oh not. So so why would we do that with you know breast cancer? You know, I always found it interesting, and I know we're not talking about cancer today, but I found it interesting that especially women would go and preventatively remove something that God gave them that makes them uniquely feminine. Mm-hmm. But if you told men to go have their testicles removed because they had a risk of testicular cancer, right? nobody would sign up for that. 
yeah. there's not a male out there. Yeah, no, and and, I, you and we know, don't wear them. But out there's in front of us, right? You don't wear them out in front of you. But there's been a lot. There's been years and years and years and years and years of cultural conditioning that says, "Hey, this is what we need to do." I remember back in the, you know, what was it? early 2000s it probably wasn't the 90s it was probably the early 2000s that angelina jolie got up in front of everybody and said you know i'm preventatively doing this double mastectomy and this is what all you guys should do too and whether you think you're buying what celebrities are selling or not yeah but could you imagine i i can't imagine who, who's like a cool male figure i think like it was michael jordan or George know. Clooney, who, who, he's from it, the area, right yeah if whatever he, but if he said i want to go preventively cut off my testicles men wouldn't be like you know what well, I should probably look in to see if I have that gene. <laughs> well, because we are not the people that are buying what the pharmaceutical companies are selling, right? Like, of no, course, I'm, we're I'm not just doing being, that. Men and women are different in that aspect. Well, probably. So here, let's talk a little bit about this. So we spend almost four hundred four hundred billion um, every single year in cost to heart disease, and almost one trillion by two thousand thirty is what they're estimating, um, just due to medications. Loss of productivity, et cetera, on heart disease. Here's, a, here's an alarming stat. 25% of all children, five and older, already have plaque building up in their arteries, according to U.S. News and World Report. I am 0% shocked by that because I have been in our preschools. I have been in our early elementary schools, and I see what we are feeding our kids. Well, but here's the problem. If our listeners are thinking that heart disease is largely, largely genetic, then, then it's like, wait a minute. Why would kids already have it? Right. But you and I, uh, you know, we're going to go into what is actually causing this. I'm going to use the example of the, you know, the, the plumbing and the pipes. Yes, that it's so such a great one. Make sure you, you know, keep listening for that one because we're going to give a great example of why this is happening. 60% of all 15 to 19 year olds. So teenagers in high school, 60% of them have plaque building up in their coronary artery, the artery that supplies their heart. And research now suggests as many as one in three children are at risk for high cholesterol with conventional medicine um, is what they're prescribing to these kids nowadays. Oh, my gosh. So here, the CDC, here's their recommendations. You ready? Because we, we don't subscribe to their philosophical lens. Sure. And if you're listening to our show, if you're a longtime listener, if you go back and listen to our podcast on iTunes called Align Your Health, or if you listen on drryanlive.com, then you know that we don't subscribe to the lens that the CDC views health through. That's a mechanistic worldview. It's a patch and fix, symptomatic, um, you know, reactive, not proactive lens. Um, they say, follow your doctor's recommendations, stay on your medications, eat a healthy diet that's low in salt, low in fat, low in saturated fat, low in cholesterol, but rich in fruits and vegetables. They say to take a brisk 30-minute walk five days a week and don't smoke. And if you do smoke, quit. Um, even though um, on the unless surface. Unless this was the, what, the 60s or 70s. When was it? They're telling people to smoke? Yeah, back <laughs> yeah. in the yeah, When you're pregnant, if you probably. want low, yeah, 40s. If you want low birth weight, go ahead and smoke. So that changed. So this is, this is their recommendations. But w even though on the surface those sound good, like eat healthy and do this or that, they said eat healthy, but then they said no salt, low in fat, low in saturated fat, low in cholesterol. That's actually the opposite of what we're going to teach you to do. Here's the truth. It's not cholesterol that causes heart disease. It's the oxidation of cholesterol. Oh, and we're going to explain that. Here's the truth. More people have heart attacks with normal cholesterol mm. than with elevated cholesterol. Well, then why are we trying to lower cholesterol? Well, it's the people who are on the drugs to normalize their cholesterol right. that are still having heart attacks because the drugs do nothing 
right to prevent the heart attack right here's the truth there is a single there there's a higher death rate a higher death rate with low cholesterol than with high cholesterol hmm and here's also the truth that statin drugs, which everyone now is realizing were, were more bogus than, than we were told they were, statin drugs lower cholesterol, but they do not reduce the risk of heart disease, heart attack, or stroke. Wow. And that is, you can go right to their websites and see that. Wow. Then why are we buying that snake oil? Because the sugar industry disrupted this and the pharmaceutical industry jumped on board to lower cholesterol because cholesterol was being blamed for heart disease when it never was the culprit in the first place. Cholesterol is the body's repair substance. Whenever there's inflammation that's occurring in the body, especially in the arteries, cholesterol is what is there to actually save the day and protect you. So um, cholesterol is actually, if I can jump in here, it's a soft, waxy substance, It's and it's made by the liver, 80% made by the liver, and it travels in the blood as two compounds, the low-density lipoproteins, LDLs, and the high-density lipo, lipoproteins. There you go, HDL. And many of you guys have heard HDL good, LDL bad. We are now, now know years later that that's not even true when we were trying to lower the LDLs. Now, now we realize there's different sizes of LDLs, um, that there's the particle size matters, the small ones versus the big ones. The big particle size LDL is the one that's a little more disruptive and, and uh, you know, is, is more of a problematic, but the small particle is better for you. So even the stuff we were told about HDL good, LDL bad, that's not even true. So things like Lipitor, you guys remember this business week had this on the cover. It said Lipitor with a question mark on it. And, it's, and the cover literally said, for many people, cholesterol drugs may not do any good. And so this goes back, this is years ago, 2014, 15, that was on the cover. Statins, here, here's what they said in, in Business Week. You ready? This is 2008, sorry. So we can go back to 2008. Your doctor still has you on a statin today, 2020. Your doctor is still old school and recommending Lipitor. Does he know that in Business Week, January 28, 2008, they published the results of a study that showed that there was no benefit at all in people over 65, no matter how much their cholesterol declined from the drug. Oh, my gosh. Maybe your doctor's been busy for the last 12 years, and he hasn't had a chance to read the research. To read the research. You ready? Just they also busy. said no benefit in women whatsoever. Oh, my gosh. There was no reduction at all in total deaths in anybody. Come on. And the number needed to treat for statins. So what this means is how many people do they have to treat to prevent one heart attack or stroke? It was 250 people. And the number needed to treat to prevent one death was over 500. What? So 500 people need to take the drug to prevent one death. I don't know if you guys know anything about number needed to treat. It's a stat called NNT. That is an absurdly high, like bogus NNT with a number like that, that drug should never even be on the market. So, uh, so yeah, they don't work in yeah. people over 65. doesn't matter how much their cholesterol declines. It doesn't prevent any heart attacks in them. In women, it doesn't work whatsoever. And there's no reduction in the total of deaths in anybody who took the drug. What are we doing here? It's the emperor has no clothes. The this is why we're on here to tell you guys this, because your doctor is not telling you this. Do you know why? Because he works for the pharmaceutical companies. Absolutely. He doesn't work for himself. He works for a conglomerate, a hospital bought him. 
The hospitals get reimbursed based on how many people they are getting on drugs because they're getting reimbursed for what they're actually doing. They're yeah. doing diagnosis. Most of their their money is actually in, you know, diagnosis and and uh and you know technology doing MRIAs and scans and you know CTs and 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 you know all the different things they're right. doing and then they're getting paid on what they're actually prescribed. So if that wasn't enough, you ready? If that was enough, Vioxx, Bextra, Celebrex, all these drugs doubled the risk of heart attack and stroke when they were being given out. So if you were ever on Vioxx, Bextra, Celebrex, these are drugs that literally double your risk of heart disease, heart attack and stroke. All over the counter pain medications, every single one. Tylenol, Advil, uh, give me another one, Excedrin, um, whatever they are, okay? All over-the-counter pain medications are associated with an increased risk of heart attack and stroke. Oh, my gosh. And they um, raise their, your blood pressure. Um, these uh, anti-inflammatory medications, antidepressant, birth control, caffeine, cold medications, even some herbal supplements, those all can can raise your blood pressure. All right. So what do I do if I'm on a on – a, on a, sorry about that. I didn't mean to go over that. No, yeah, no, they, no, they no, all yeah. Ra- That's why they put you at an increased risk of heart attack, yes. heart disease, or stroke. Yes. So I want to talk – so we, we – all right. We talked about a little bit of the evils of statin drugs. So what do we do and what do we recommend? So statin drugs, okay, cholesterol medications is what we're talking about. They work by inhibiting a vital enzyme that manufactures cholesterol in the liver. Right. So they – what they do is they inhibit that enzyme, okay? They shut it down. They cause it to stop working. Therefore, you don't produce cholesterol. Here's the problem. Your brain tissue is 60% cholesterol. Yeah. So people get on statins and what happens? They start feeling foggy in the head. They start there. It puts them at a huge risk for depression. It puts them at a huge risk for dementia, a huge risk for Alzheimer's. Yeah. Can, can I be cholesterol's friend here for a minute? Because I feel like cholesterol is like it has turned into the boogeyman, right? It's like. It's, it's like you hear the word cholesterol and you kind of shudder. You're like, oh, I hope it doesn't sneak up behind me in the house sometime. You know, like cholesterol is a bad guy if you live in our day and age right now. And here's the thing is that cholesterol is actually needed to manufacture hormones, bile acid, and vitamin D. Okay, you cannot make estrogen, testosterone, cortisone, and a host of other vital hormones without cholesterol. Like you don't get to have those if you don't have cholesterol. So like stop wishing away your cholesterol. Stop medicating away that cholesterol. Like there is a way to manage your cholesterol, but it's not by just trying to zap it with a pill, potion, lightning bolt, anything like that because you actually need it. Yep. It's there for a reason. Yep. And then what happens is when you shut down that enzyme and shut down cholesterol production, CoQ10 production is inhibited as well when taking statin drugs. CoQ10 reduces inflammation, protects you from cancer and aging. It's also the primary building block for all the cells in our brain and nervous system. So if you've been taking a statin like Lipitor or something like that, you have to, have to, have to, have to, have to supplement with additional CoQ10. So here's the thing. Your brain's made out of cholesterol. Taking a cholesterol-lowering medication shuts down cholesterol function. It shuts down CoQ10 production. It literally causes damage to the brain. Is there a way that you could influence that enzyme in a healthier way? Absolutely. Oh, actually, there is. Magnesium. Ooh. Taking magnesium, particularly magnesium um, uh, glycinate, has been shown to help regulate that enzyme. Come on. So rather than just shutting it down, 
Magnesium helps to upregulate or downregulate it better based on what your body is saying it needs at the time. So if you need more cholesterol because you're trying to produce hormones or your brain's trying to repair because you've been too stressed out and mentally you're under fatigue, then magnesium will help upregulate cholesterol production. And actually having high cholesterol at some times is very good. And then if you are you know, in a situation where you're producing too much cholesterol, magnesium will help downregulate that. So here, here's the thing. We, we now make things important because we can measure them. They're, oh, yes. We don't measure them because they're important. Yes. For instance, everyone knows, what should your blood pressure be? 120 over 80. Yeah. What should your pulse rate be? You know, 72 beats a minute. What should your cholesterol be? Uh, 165 nanograms per deciliter, whatever it is, or right. I don't remember the exact number. That's not true. If you're going out for a run, your blood pressure should be higher. Yes. Your heart rate should be higher. If you're having issues with fatigue, your cholesterol should be higher. If you're trying right. to repair from something, your right. cholesterol should be higher. If you're sleeping, your blood pressure and resting heart rate should be lower. Like taking your blood pressure and expecting it to always be 120 over 80 is asinine. Yeah. Taking your cholesterol and expecting it to always be one level is stupid. Yeah. We should never do that. Right. We should expect it to be high sometimes when we're trying to repair. We should expect it to be low sometimes when our body is needing to produce more of it because we've been burning through it. Right, right. Dietarily, we need to be putting in the right things. Cholesterol is not the enemy. Let's go into that example about the pipes. Oh, I love this example. This is my favorite one. We, we've been using gonna, this at the gym for a long time. And then we're going to wrap it up with some neurology. So here, here, <clears throat> here's the evil. Everyone knows there's one ingredient in the standard American diet that is pure evil. It will cause cancer. It's the primary cause of cancer. It's the primary fuel of cancer. Mm -hmm. But it actually, what most people don't know is actually the primary cause of heart disease as well. And we'll all say at the same time, what is it? Sugar. sugar. Sugar is evil. Added sugar. So if you're drinking or eating something right now and you turn it over and in the actual ingredients, it says sugar or high fructose corn syrup or anything like that. Don't eat it. The best case scenario is that whatever you're eating right now has no label on it. <laughs> like, well, you can't even, you, there is no label. But if it does have sugar, the right. sugar should be coming from somewhere. Right. I would rather see it say honey or maple syrup. I'd rather see it say dates. I'd rather see it right. say, you know, fruit. I'd rather see, but the sugar should, like, added sugar is something that you should avoid at all cost. Absolutely. Now, if you're a two a day Coke drinker, Oof. Like you're going to struggle with this one. I'm just telling you, but right. it's irresponsible. I don't know. And um, like I, when I was growing up, my mom and dad wouldn't just let me drink two Cokes a day because it's, it's actually irresponsible. Yes. Yes. You wouldn't let your, you shouldn't let your kid do it. If you do, that's problematic. And, and here, listen, if that, if that hurts, if hearing that it, it's because you have abdicated the responsibility of your health and so you no longer feel like your health is actually your responsibility. You think you can just go get a drug or a pill or a surgery and you can keep drinking or eating or not exercising or doing any of those things. And so it feels offensive to think of your health as your responsibility. It's not offensive. It just is what it is. And here's the reality. It's your responsibility whether you abdicate it or not. Exactly. Because when you're, when you're in the hospital, when you spend the last 10 years fighting heart disease or cancer, your doctors aren't going to care about your health more than you do. Your insurance company is not going to care about your health more than you do. The pharmaceutical companies aren't going to care about your health more than you do. Your, 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 I mean, your, your spouse isn't like they can't. They can't do it for you. Right. Nobody can do it for you. Only you can do it for you. 
And the problem is, if you wait until then, it's too late. Right. And so the two coke a day habit right now, or the, you know, I don't know, I don't know, like I don't know what that is for some people. Right. I mean, I I know so I I've seen it like drive through twice a day, huge, you know, dollar coke from McDonald's or whatever it is. Um, that is not a cheap, you know, purchase. That is an expensive purchase. That's hundreds of thousands of dollars one day in health issues. And so I'm saying that to say this. So sugar is the enemy. And some of you guys consume lots of it knowingly. Some of you guys consume lots of it unknowingly. Right. And, and you guys start looking at labels. Here's why. I'm going to give you this example. If we took the studio we're in right now and there behind the walls are, you know, electrical wires and water pipes, et cetera. So if you took mm-hmm. the water pipes in your house, they're kind of hidden away. You can't see them. But you took those water pipes, and instead of water, which is pH neutral going through them, if you shut down the water and instead we started pumping acid into the pipes, which is you know acidic pH, what would you expect to happen to those pipes in time? Oh, this seems bad. No one in their right mind would pump acid through their plumbing pipes in their house. It would it's going to cor- corrode. Yeah, it would corrode the pipes. Eventually, yeah. they would become damaged, weakened, right. and they would burst. Now, they're behind the walls. So now in order to get to them, you got to tear out a wall. You got to repair the pipe and all that. Okay. That's this, your blood vessels. Here's what's, seems expensive. here's what's happening. Sugar is highly acidic. Yep. And when you eat it, it changes the pH of your blood and your blood becomes highly acidic. And as your blood is going through your blood vessels, the blood vessels don't corrode. They become inflamed. Mm. And when they become inflamed, then cholesterol comes on the scene to save the day to, the to quiet the inflammation. Yep. And that cholesterol starts plugging up micro traumas and bleeding within the inflammation. And the cholesterol starts coating the inside of the arteries to try to calm down the inflammation. But what happens when blood's acidic is cholesterol is meant to repair and it's meant to be there, but it needs pH neutral in order to be healthy or else what happens is the cholesterol actually starts to get brittle. Yeah. So now you have this waxy, soft substance that's coating the inside of your arteries to calm down the inflammation and repair and plug up any holes because you're starting to bleed internally with microtrauma. That's why your blood pressure is being affected. Oh, geez. But then what happens is that stuff gets hardened inside the arteries. So the inside of the vessel gets what? Smaller mm. and smaller. And the vessel's inflamed, meaning swollen. Not, it doesn't swell out, it swells in. Yes. And then the cholesterol gets caked in there and it hardens. And now you have occluded vessels. We cut open the blood vessel and we look down and we see all this cholesterol. We go, oh, my God, look at all that cholesterol. We need to decrease cholesterol. No, no. The cholesterol was there to save the day. What do we need to decrease? Sugar. Yes. And acidity. The cholesterol was never the problem. No. The acidic environment and the sugar were. Yes. So that may be news to some of you guys. But you can change this. You can turn this around. We have to drop the sugar habit and we have to decrease anything that's making our body acidic. What, what makes our body acidic? Bad fats, overcooked food, fried food. What makes our body alkaline? Fresh vegetables, water. Um, you can look up, look up an alkaline or acidic food chart. That'll give you a really good idea. So cholesterol is actually the hero. It's actually there to save the day. Sugar is the enemy. And our whole model has been wrong. Why? It, this, this is crazy. If you go back, it has everything to do with the fact that the sugar industry needed someone to blame obesity on. And so they blamed it on the cholesterol and fats 
And then the drug companies bought it hook, line, and sinker, and they went to start reducing fat in people. There are some great documentaries you can watch on this. Um, here's another one. High blood pressure. In order, the standard for high blood pressure, in order to say you have high blood pressure, to make sure that it's not postural, to make sure it's not um, due to the position you're in or anything like that, if you're on a high blood pressure medication, the standard is and, w- and was that your doctor was supposed to take your blood pressure on both arms mm. in three different positions yep. on two separate visits. So both arms, three positions, that's six measurements. On two visits, that's 12 measurements. And over half of them were supposed to show high blood pressure or else you don't technically have high blood pressure. So if you, so if you have not had that happen. No, what all of you have done is you went in to... The, remember back in the day, you'd go in and take your own blood pressure? And it was like right next to the pharmacy, so you could take it and then say, hey, I have high blood pressure. And I mean, I almost think that they expected to like just start, take it here and we'll give you drugs there. But that's not what happened. The doctors would do it. But what did the doctors do? Because right. the machines were set up for only one arm, doctors got in the habit of only testing one arm. Right, right. And they're they're overworked. So you come in, they put the cuff on you, pump it up, read your blood pressure, takes a minute or so to, to read it. And then they would say, oh, well, you have high blood pressure. Let's put you on X, Y, and Z. That's not what they're supposed to do. It's supposed to be both arms, three positions on two separate visits. And those two separate visits, if you failed half of those, then you have high blood pressure. So if that hasn't happened and, and you got prescribed a blood pressure medication, then... then You may not actually have high blood pressure. It's incredible. I want to go over another one before we wrap up today. And this is what we do. So number one, we help people with, we help people with their nutrition. We help people with getting on the right things like magnesium and, 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 and we're not prescribing anything. We're helping people understand how their body works so that they know how to not get heart disease in the first place. Or if yeah. you have it, how to set your environment up to be as healthy as possible so that hopefully your body will start healing and those things will start to reverse and go in the other direction. Here's something. This research, and I, and I have all the different articles on this, so this research says that 40% of all heart attacks were found to be due to interference to nerves in the upper back. 40, oh. 40%. In 1985, a research article called Effective Prevention of Coronary Heart Attacks by P. Sherwood, MD, from London, England, suggested that 40% of heart attacks are caused by spasms in the coronary artery. The spasms were triggered by dysfunction, meaning interference, in the nerves in the upper back. Dr. Sherwood's approach to relieve these spasms was to adjust, meaning chiropractic, and massage the upper back to relieve the dysfunction, which we call interference, to the nerves in the upper back. John Bordillion, MD, author of Spinal Manipulation, and Ivan Kaur, PhD from Princeton University, editor of the Neurobiologic Mechanisms of Manipulative Therapy, both did extensive research documenting the effect of the nervous system and what it has on organ function, including the heart. They both postulated that spinal adjustments affected dysfunction, meaning interference, of the autonomic nervous system. These nerves that exit the back region of the spine primarily control organ function and blood supply to the human body. So here we're talking about subluxations wow. left uncorrected, meaning misalignments in the spine, putting pressure on nerves are causing 40% of heart attacks. According to medical research, not chiropractic research, adjustments improved cardiac dysfunction. They did ECG improvements, showed ECG improvements following the treatment combination of chiropractic adjustments, diet, and exercise therapy. 
Those are three of the five essentials we teach. So this was Lot GS, Sour AD, and Wall DR, Kessinger uh, Chiropractic, the Journal of Chiropractic Research and Clinical Investigation in 1980 showed ECG improvements, meaning the rate and rhythm of heart function. Wow. This paper presents the effects of chiropractic adjustments on the cardiac dysfunctions of four people as they were monitored by ECG. Patients with varying symptoms had a baseline ECG taken and received chiropractic adjustments. Follow-up ECG showed three of the four patients improved in their cardiac electrical function. Wow. They also reported lower blood pressure, decreased ischemia of the myocardium, so their heart was less dead, oh my gosh. And, and better sleep habits accompanying the improved ECG readings. That's incredible. Why are we telling you guys all this? Because um, coming up on the 25th, yes, we're going to do a heart health talk. You're welcome to go to drryanlive.com, so D-R-R-Y-A-N-L-I-V-E.com. Click on Menu, then click on Events, and get registered for that event. If you know someone who has high blood pressure, high cholesterol, who has um, an arrhythmia, who has tachycardia, who has um, anything like that, an, an AFib, they need to be at an event like this. Actually, if you have a heart in your chest and you're an adult, you have a 50% chance of developing heart disease in your lifetime. So you need to be at this event. Absolutely. If you don't have a heart in your chest, you need to check your heart. <laughs> you need to check your heart. <laughs> I'm just joking. But if you have a heart in your chest, then you need to take care of it. You need to know. Magnesium, omega-3 fatty acids, chiropractic care. We're going to be talking about the not get it plan, the don't get it plan. And the best way to, to get healthy again if you do have it is to learn what you should have done to prevent it in the first place. Absolutely. And start doing that. So we're going we're gonna to have a great event. We're excited to see you guys there. Thank you for joining us this week. You're listening to Dr. Ryan and Ashley Berlin on Align Your Health on 55KRC The Talk Station.